0: This episode of the Pretty Happy Podcast is brought to you by our website, prettyhappy.place. Please visit our website to support the show. On this week's episode, we share about our trip to Nashville, Tennessee for the Ascend 2022 Rett Syndrome National Summit.
1: But first, we talk about recent Rett news. From a new gene therapy in the works to Zoe participating in studies.
0: Today is Monday, May 23rd. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Pretty Happy Podcast. My name is Sam. And I'm Sarah. And we're the
1: parents of Zoe, a child with Rett Syndrome.
0: And we are very excited to have you on this episode, have you back again. We have a very fun episode, different from our typical ones, because we don't have an interview. Today, we are going to be talking to each other.
1: Yes. That's not typical for us. Well, yes, that's very true.
0: We don't communicate. In this home, (laughs) it is... Very quiet <laughs> all the time, like 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 the catacombs in France. Granted, those are filled with tourists, so it's probably not very quiet there. Well, anymore,
1: so. I mean, we have three little kids, so
0: it's no, they're silent too. Quiet. They're silent too in this scenario. So oh, everybody is in just, this scenario. Okay, everybody's just dead quiet all the time. Right, it's right. Great, mm-hmm. A lot of sanity. Sure. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our top three. For this week's episode. And this week's top three is all about news. Yes. Number one, we have Zoe participating in a study. Sarah, why don't you tell us about this study and details around it?
1: Yeah, so this is the second study that Zoe has participated in. And it's been pretty easy for us. They haven't been like trials. We're not we're not doing like trials or medication or, or anything right now. Um, it's more been just an observation type of study. So this particular study that she's doing, she has to wear a watch. And it has, it takes like her vital signs and whatnot. And then we write down times that she sleeps and wakes up basically. So it's pretty simple.
0: Super difficult.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we, tomorrow she'll get to take her watch off and we'll be done. So we've done it for a week. Tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a week. But, I mean, Zoe, we've kind of figured that if Zoe is participating, that she should have a say. Or if she wants to participate, she should have a say. So when we found out that there would be a study coming up, we just asked her. We told her about it. We said, look, Zoe, this is, you know, a study that you can participate in if you want to. This is kind of how it will go. You'll wear a watch. That's all you have to do. And then I'll fill out some study or some like surveys and then you take the watch off and you're done and that's it. And there's a compensation for it. And if you want to participate in it, you can have the compensation. And of course she said, yes, I'm pretty sure she wants to spend it on princess stuff.
0: That sounds about right.
1: So yeah, but that's kind of been our, the way we've been handling studies currently Is that we tell her about it, and if she wants to participate, then she tells us yes or no. And, or we ask her if she wants to participate, she tells us yes or no, and then we, you know, if she participates, she gets whatever the compensation is, if there is one, and we just support her, Mm -hmm. basically.
0: Kind of makes sense if it's going to be involving her, even though she's five years old. She doesn't understand exactly what's going on. Not because of rat syndrome, but because she's five.
1: Five, yeah. Well, in the studies that we've done, this one that we're doing currently and the one that we did before, they're more just observation. She doesn't have to do much. She just is herself and...
0: Yeah, not skill-based. Yeah. No, no expectations to try to do anything that she wouldn't normally do. She just yeah or does <laughs> normally do. Uh, yeah, normally does. She just lives her normal life and yeah. that's it.
1: And at the same time, like we get to help further research with Rett syndrome. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a win-win. Obviously when it, you know, moves into bigger things like medications and stuff like that, we as Zoe's parents will have a heavier say in whether she participates or not. But Mm -hmm. for now, I think it's, you know, good. It's her choice.
0: Works out well for us. Number two... NeuroGene announces NGN-401. means nothing.
1: (laughs) It's super exciting though.
0: So on May 18th of 2022, a company based out of New York called NeuroGene announced that they will be using some of their technology to hopefully create a new bit of gene therapy. Yeah. So this is another company that is stepping into the gene therapy realm. I want to preface this by saying that while yes it's exciting I wouldn't get excited
1: well yeah (laughs) it's exciting because there are more people looking into gene therapy and potentially creating another way Mm -hmm. that this would treat Rett syndrome
0: yeah and they are now the 8th company or entity or organization, I can't remember exactly what the word was, but eight of whatever it is that has stepped into this realm, specifically targeting Rett syndrome. So, I mean, that's great. That's a good number of organizations that are trying to address this. Uh, the reason why NeuroGene is confident that they will be able to address Rett syndrome is because of a technology that they call EXACT. Unfortunately, exact does not have an exact definition <laughs> on their website. Uh, we've reached out to them and asked for some more details about what that means exactly. <laughs> so, hopefully, we will have an answer for you on that. But if you take a look at their literature, essentially what it means is it is able to better, more precisely activate the proteins that are missing. And by more precisely, I mean, I, th- I think we have a general understanding at this point that with gene therapy, if they activate the MICP2 gene and it's too much, it's toxic and can be fatal. If they don't activate it enough, then it doesn't really do anything.
1: You get Rett syndrome.
0: Yeah. So you have this Goldilocks zone that they are trying to target And NeuroGene believes that with their exact uh, technology, they will be able to do that. They did share on their website, in fact, in the announcement regarding it, that they have already been able to demonstrate this technology working in white mice. And in fact, they were able to demonstrate it very effectively working in a male white mouse, which is very impressive that it was able to help a male white mouse in that situation considering the fact that Rett syndrome is is can be very very difficult in males. Yeah. So, we will leave a link regarding that announcement in the show notes. So, if you want to go take a look at that, you can. There like I said, you're not going to get a whole lot of information uh, definitions on exactly what they're doing. Every time we say exact when we're talking about this, it's going to be hard to not giggle. <laughs> Because I mean, it's, it's gonna just come across as a as a as a silly joke, but uh, it is exciting news to have another company that is stepping in and helping out with this.
1: And number three, we found a great article on Rett syndrome news, and it's just super
0: relatable. The title of it is "My Pet Peeves as a Mother of a Teenager with Special Needs," and there are some very relatable inner thoughts that are being shared here. One of the reasons I enjoy TikTok so much is because things I thought I was the only person doing or, or things that were processing in my head, uh, I, I realized that I'm not alone and that's what this article did as well. I'm going to uh, quickly provide you with one of the quotes. There are also two phrases I will never understand. One is, God only gives us what we can handle. How does someone know I believe in God? And if that's true, then God must think I'm a badass because I don't know how much more I can take. The other is God only gives special children to special parents. So most everyone else isn't special. (laughs) Please. (laughs) That is one very short paragraph from an entire article that you definitely need to go check out. So we will leave that also in the show notes. So be sure to go over there and enjoy that little bitty read. Welcome back, everybody. And we are very excited today to tell you about our experience heading out to the Ascend, 2022 Rett Syndrome National Summit. I think I finally said it right without having to read it. <laughs> it's too long.
1: This will be one of the last times you have to like officially say the yeah, whole I thing know. though. So I that's know. good.
0: I know. So it, maybe maybe they can figure out an a, an acronym that will be easier for me to remember because this is just, it's too much for my tiny brain.
1: RSNS.
0: Mm, I did that without writing it down yeah. this time, ha! but I'm saying like an acronym for ascend. Oh, gotcha. Right. So like they still use oh. the ascend name, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 something about Rett syndrome. There's no R in there. No, there's not. So maybe we we find a a word that starts with A that says. RET, but the, and not say RET, and then syndrome conference inspires Neanderthals.
1: I don't even know what you're spelling anymore.
0: D- ascend. Oh, got it. A-S-C-E-N-D. Okay. And the D, Naran- Neanderthal, Naran- Neanderthal, Naran- Neanderthal dugout. Wow. Okay. Oh, body. Okay. Let's. um, Oh, body. We're done. We're done. What does B stand for in body? uh, I don't know. I don't know, (laughs) Miss Office Lady. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Okay. So, we did attend the Ascend conference back in April, and we wanted to share with you kind of a travelogue of the experience what happened and how it went and some other stuff with it. So, where do we want to begin, Sarah?
1: At the beginning, of
0: course. Very good place to start. Oh. oh. <laughs> so, which beginning is that?
1: Um. Well, the I guess the first day leading up to the conference, we decided that we wanted to have a day on the beginning and the end to make it less stressful. Yeah. Right. We wanted just a little bit of time.
0: Yeah, because arriving at the conference, the day of check-in, at least for me, it seemed like it was just going to be too much. Yeah. (laughs) And then leaving right after the communication fair, uh, that seemed like it was going to be too much as well on that Saturday.
1: It just felt really rushed.
0: Yep, yep. So, yeah, we put in a buffer a day before and a day after, and... I would highly recommend that to anybody who attends a conference like this in the future because I. It looked like people, at least on Saturday, it looked like people were feeling like they pretty were rushed, tired, and, and
1: overloaded, and yeah,
0: yeah. So I agree. and we were just hanging out, having a good time. But we're getting yeah. ahead of ourselves. So yeah, yes. we arrived one day before. There was some hiccups.
1: Yes. On the
0: way out, first off, we had originally booked our flight with a single layover. Yeah. So, uh, our one of the nearer airports to us is Colorado Springs, which it's nice because it's a smaller airport, easy to navigate, not a whole lot of people. So we were we were really excited to not have to deal with Denver. Yes. And so. We get it booked. We were going to have a short little layover in Dallas and then on our way to Nashville. And then about two weeks before, a week before, I'm looking at the itinerary. And, oh, we're we're, we're not. We're not no. going to Dallas anymore. In fact, they added a, another layover. <laughs> and so we ended up flying from Colorado Springs up to Denver.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: the shortest flight of my life. 20 minute flight. Yeah. So stupid. So stupid. And then we went from Denver down to New Orleans. And then from New Orleans, we went over to Nashville. The so, nice
1: thing, the nice thing yeah. though, was that we just stayed. It was the same plane. Yeah. we. So had we no, just stayed on the plane.
0: We had no plane changes, which that, that was the first time. All of my flying experience of never having to, I never had to change the plane for those layovers. So that did make it slightly yeah, more convenient. because we
1: didn't have to get Zoe off and on and off and on. Uh-huh. It was just one. The, we got to know the uh, flight attendant very well. <laughs> it was kind of fun because she would, every time they do the little, what do you call that? The, the emergency...
0: It's not emergent
1: I mean they talk about emergency stuff. But when they do their little presentation at the You're beginning talking
0: about the the safety spiel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the safety spiel.
1: Sorry. Safety spiel. Not emergency spiel. Anyway, Let's when they do emergency. that, when they were doing that, she would come by and because she'd already told us three times, the last time she came by, she just looked at us and went blah 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 blah. And we just gave her a thumbs up and we were like, okay. <laughs> and the the people around us just looked at her like
0: very confused. What? What's going just on? Just
1: happened. So, it was pretty awesome.
0: Yep. So uh, that that was one thing that made it convenient. Uh And yeah, it was nice not having to get off. It was just
1: really long.
0: <sighs> yeah. I mean, we landed at the same time. In the end, the trip was was the same amount of time. Yeah. But the landing and the taking off and the landing and the taking off it just made it seem. Like really it was much long. longer than what it was, so that was one downside to the flying out. Also, so we we brought Zoe in her medical stroller, which we just tell everybody it's a wheelchair. Yep. For sanity's sake, it doesn't make sense to have
1: to yeah
0: explain it every single time that she needs this stroller. So we uh, we get off. In Nashville, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and they're not bringing it up to the jetway, and so we wait and wait and wait, and they're still not bringing it up, and everybody's gone, and an attendant comes by and it's like, Are "You waiting for something?" And we're like, "Yeah, we're waiting on this wheelchair." And they said, "Oh, come up here, and we'll see what, what we can do about it." So we go up to the gate, and they're trying to look it up, and they're like, "Well, you should have received this tag," which. Really find we didn't, it, so. Yeah, we
1: didn't have we didn't have the tag that they were talking about at all. Yeah. I had a different tag that they gave us, mm-hmm. but not the tag that they were talking about.
0: Yeah, so this guy couldn't find it. And so now we're getting really anxious and frustrated because we're like, okay, what has happened to this several thousand dollar piece of equipment mm-hmm. for Zoe? And we're gonna have to carry her around at this conference. Plus, it was kind of confusing because we stayed on the same plane the entire yeah, time. Yeah.
1: Like, what happened with that?
0: Yeah. So, we, they send us over to another desk and um, they finally locate it. And the guy says, Yeah, it's, it's down at baggage claim. And we're like, Why is it down at baggage claim? There, there, there's a tag on it that says claim at gate. Bright green. Claim Bright at green gate. Tag. Yeah. And so, <laughs> anyways, we finally get, Down to baggage claim, and sure enough, it is there. But oh my goodness,
1: not not damaged. No, it was not, it was not,
0: but uh, incredibly frustrating.
1: Yes, yes. And Zoe was not happy at that point.
0: Oh no, oh no, she didn't want to be carried. Um, she was tired, Uh, she wanted food. Yeah, Uh, it was, yeah, it was that was not good. So, anyways. For this trip, though, we were able to invite my mother to come out on it. The thought was that she would be able to help us during the times where we wanted to go hang out at the at the conference and just do socialize,
1: stuff. meet meet other families. Yeah, kind of stuff. yeah,
0: without having Zoe around. So we we brought mom with, and and so she came and picked us up at the airport.
1: Your mom picked us up, at which point we realized we forgot Zoe's car seat. Yeah. Proud parent moment right there.
0: Uh, So we did the right thing, and we did not put Zoe in the van, and we sent mom to go get a booster seat. Right, Sarah? Uh Uh-huh. That's what we're telling the authorities. Yes. So we got Zoe a booster seat (laughs) at Walmart. And we threw her on top of that and it was fine. She did pretty good with it, to it was, be completely honest. Yeah. The biggest problem with Zoe in any seat that doesn't have a strap that comes up in between her legs is she slouches she slides. and then she slides. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> and the booster wasn't great when she was tired.
0: Yeah, so the car seat is really great because she'll start to lean to one side or another, and those sides will catch her, and she'll yeah. be able to sleep.
1: When it's a four-point a, a four harness. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: a great accent.
1: <laughs> it's a five-point harness. Her car seat has a five-point harness, yeah. so it keeps her shoulders back, so she can't actually, like, completely tip. Yeah. Where the booster, it was just the, the one shoulder strap. Yep. So... Not yeah, great. Yeah,
0: so it wasn't great, but it did the trick. Got yep. her safe. So, we did that, got her some food. She started to feel a little bit better. And we finally made our way over to the Gaylord Convention Center, which we opted to stay there with everybody else who decided to book rooms in that room block and
1: I don't Mostly even... convenience.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I was I don't even know how to describe what my thoughts were when I first went in. To be honest, my first thought was, this is just like Vegas.
1: <laughs> I've never been to Vegas, so I cannot verify whether that is the only reason, true or
0: not. The only reason why is because, I mean, I guess you could relate it to Chicago. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because I'm talking about large cities with massive hotels. Okay. Right. And so, yeah, Sarah and I have been to Chicago before. We stayed at a massive hotel when we were in Chicago. It, it was, was just way too fancy huge. for us. Well, yeah, yeah, there was that. But it was just huge, right? And then they give me the map, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> it goes back even further well, than this It's like An a nine-acre property. Nine-acre? Is it not? No, I, I think it's larger than that. Really? Oh, I thought it was only nine. It's it's...
1: huge regardless of how big. Like it is massive. They have these huge atriums. If you want to know how big it is, they have their own boat ride in there.
0: (laughs) I I don't think.
1: I don't think it's called a boat ride. What is a boat ride? It is a boat ride. They have like this little river thing in the middle that you can take a boat and tour And they have like guides in the boats telling you about all the plants and stuff. We did not do it because we are cheap and it was $15 a ticket.
0: $15 per person. Per person. For a short little ride. I'm sure it was probably about 15, 20 minutes long. Yeah. But that's a buck a minute. That's a lot of money. Uh, By the way, Sarah, nine acres Mm -hmm. of indoor gardens. Oh. Yeah, so that's just the indoor garden space. That's not talking about where the room, the room buildings are. Jesus, and then their, they have their water park, and then they have the stables, and then they have their parking lots and everything.
1: You guys, they have their own stables.
0: It's 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 a lot. It's a lot. So, anyways, showing up there after a long day of traveling, and then being told that we had to go. To the literal opposite side <laughs> of it. Oh, that was a lot. So, but we we grabbed our stuff and we headed over there and we found our room eventually. Eventually, I mean, I think it took us what twenty minutes.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Which I don't think is ridiculous, considering our first time and how there big it is and how massive it was. Okay, and that's how fair. Tired we were. That is fair. I think. It makes total sense that it would take you about twenty minutes (laughs) to get to the opposite side of the. My
1: orienteering skills did not help.
0: I don't think anybody's orienteering (laughs) skills work in that building. It is just all over the place. Like there's, by the end, yeah, you're like.
1: Oh yeah! By the end, by the end, we were like, we can get to our room. We can get to the conference center area. We
0: can go to other people's rooms. We can go to. Uh, We can go to the restaurants. Yeah, we figured it out by the end. Yeah. So, but, oh my goodness, there is no rhyme or reason for how they have that place set up. So it is an adventure. If you ever decide to go there, plan for an adventure. Yes. It was fun. Uh, Glad that we decided to stay there because it was also, like you said, Sarah, convenient. Yeah. Being able to just stay right on the property where the conference was also happening. We were able to bot back and forth between the room and the conference, seeing other people.
1: Well, and I thought it was it was nice too because your mom was there with Zoe. Yeah. And we all stayed there. So it made it a lot easier to like trade off
0: mm-hmm. and whatnot. So. Yeah. 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 That was really nice. Anyways. So that is Tuesday. Yes. April 26th, we spent that whole day traveling, we settled in, and that was that. So we uh, woke up the next morning, and my mother had decided to go for a nice long car ride. We had told her we were going to sleep in as much as Zoe would allow us. Yeah. Which is not much usually. No. But we slept in a bit, and...
1: I think that's the longest she slept in for a while, though.
0: Yeah, because... It was a long day for all of us. Yeah. So she was done. We were done. Everybody was done. Just wanted to lay down and be done. <laughs> so so we we finally got up and we asked her what she wanted to do for breakfast and gave her some options of what was nearby. And I made the mistake of mentioning IHOP with pancakes. Yep. And she said IHOP and I was like Okay, why, why don't we just go across the street to this other one? Nope, IHOP.
1: Or somewhere local. Yeah. No. No, no. But
0: no. So called an Uber. We uh, went and took that over to the IHOP, which the driver also ribbed us about. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but, you know, you do what you got to do. Zoe got her pancakes. Yep. And she was happy with those pancakes. Uh, my mother came and met us there. At IHOP, and they made fun of us as well. Look, when your kid says that she wants pancakes from IHOP, you just go to keep her happy. Uh, I was all for trying local. I was too. But Zoe, she just she she likes, wanted something familiar. Yes, yeah, she wanted what she wanted, and she got what she wanted. <laughs> we were fine. We were fine. What did did I end up getting? I, I looked at the Colorado omelet, and I thought that would be too much of a cliche.
1: I thought about that, too.
0: Was that the one that I, I didn't got, though?
1: I didn't tell
0: you that. No. I can't remember which one I got. Anyways, that was the first time that we've been to IHOP, and I looked at it and was like, oh, yeah, they have this omelet. <laughs> or it was, yeah, no, it was an omelet. So, anyways, that's a side point. So... We, after my mother showed up, we then went over to Centennial Park and we went for a walk around the park and that was just nice to get out for a a bit.
1: They have the Parthenon there, a replica of the Parthenon. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. And they had like, there were, well, they didn't have, but there were musicians that were playing under it and it was echoing. It was pretty cool.
0: There was one guy playing.
1: Okay, there was one guy playing, and I'm pretty sure that he was just a street performer that decided to park his yeah. butt under there. Yeah. But it was still really cool with the echoes. It was.
0: No, it, it was really cool how it re- reverberated in there. And, yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful day. I mean, not gorgeous. a cloud in the sky. And we just wandered forever. Uh, found a duck with a club foot.
1: Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> so, Never seen that before.
0: So I, I see this little duckling come swimming by in the lake that's there, and every every time it looks like he's paddling underneath, there's this thing that's popping. It up. It looks
1: like a little flag. They catch yeah. like ba-dunk, ba-dunk,
0: ba-dunk. Yeah, yeah. And as I got closer, I realized, oh, wait, no, that. That's a foot. It's a foot that's ca- turned completely around. And we followed it for a little bit and it seemed fine. It he was, was doing great. Yeah. It wasn't, there was no reason to freak out about it. It was just kind of funny because not what you expect to see. No, not at all. <laughs> and uh, after walking around there for a bit, we decided to head back to the car and Head out and on our way out we found some more musicians, a a small group, a little trio that was practicing just they they reminded
1: they're like the old dad group that just needed a hobby. And so they all grabbed their instruments and decided, Hey, we're gonna meet up at this park at this time and we're just gonna play. (laughs) That's like I mean, I feel like that was that was what it was.
0: Yeah. Well, Zoe sure. loved
1: it though. She was just mesmerized. Well, initially, for her, yeah. Initially, initially and then she was then she mesmerized. Wasn't,
0: she wasn't too happy about it after that. So we then uh, left once she started to get a little anxious about the whole thing, and we tried to find food, and it was near impossible to find anything. And I think we just picked up some fast food. We did because. We couldn't find where stuff was at in, in downtown Nashville. Something real quick for Zoe to have, you know. We just, they did something simple yep. for her. And so, yeah, it took a little bit. We finally found something, and we took it back to the room and just went and hung out until check-in began, essentially, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Might have taken a nap. Probably. Yeah. Well, then we did check-in, which was super easy. We just went through a line, and they gave us our badges. They gave us a bag, everybody that was registered, which was all of us.
0: And at check-in, we also got to meet a bunch of people.
1: Yes, we did.
0: So we were able to start chatting with some folks that we had met virtually or we had talked with. Otherwise, and we're able to see them in person. That was really nice. It was exciting. It was really just informal gathering and just able to hang out for a little bit. And it kind of just worked out that we were there at the same time that they were going to start the, I mean, what was it? The welcome.
1: It was the welcome reception.
0: Yeah. Welcome reception. Yeah. Everybody that I talked to had the same Comment about it. They said this wasn't supposed to be a meal, but it was a meal. Well, it said light
1: hors (laughs) d'oeuvres, yeah, is what the the paper said. But but they had like barbecue and mac and cheese and shrimp and grits, and like it was like
0: veggies, yeah, salad, everything. It was, it was much more than hors d'oeuvres. It was good, so no complaints there. Uh, everybody was just surprised. Everybody yeah. that I talked to about it. So that was kind of a nice way to start. Yeah. It was, uh, we had a chance to sit and talk with some, some people and get to know some yeah. folks and hang out for a little while. And actually
1: get to, you know, meet the people behind all the faces and pictures.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so you really the cool. same people in person and talking with them. It was, it was, it was really nice to do that. So nothing much else to say on that though.
1: Zoe really loved it. She did. At one point there was another ret girl that we had rolled Zoe next to so that they could say hi and see each other. And I started talking to the other ret girl and Zoe told me basically to go away. Yeah. She was like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Yeah. And I was like, fine. Jeez. Yeah. I'll leave you two in peace. I'm sorry.
0: Let you just hang out. Yeah. Don't need anybody else involved.
1: Basically, yep.
0: So we went back to our room after that, and that was all she wrote the next morning. It was early morning. Yep. And got up, went down, and they did a continental breakfast. Pretty basic. Nothing crazy to talk about with that. And they did it in the same... The breakfast was everybody ate the breakfast in the same hall that they were doing the pre-s and the main yeah. presentations in, which I'm not going to lie. I did find kind of odd. That was kind of weird for me.
1: I, I didn't really think about it.
0: Yeah. yeah it was, it, I mean, I haven't attended lots of professional conferences before, but the ones that I have, you don't typically eat in the same location where you're going to, be having presentations but then again the way that they set up the room it was it, it was obviously intended for that so yeah. that one that was just kind of odd i wasn't expecting that and uh i did get cereal spilled on me by one yes, of the you uh, the bussers he <laughs> dropped a, a bowl that still had quite a bit of cereal in it and it went flying all over the place and it went all over me that was not fun and my plate.
1: I was gone getting something. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it would have been all over me, too.
0: Yep. Yeah, it was on your chair. Yeah. It was definitely on your chair.
1: (laughs) You didn't tell me it was on my chair. No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't
0: think it was that big of a deal. Uh, It was on me. It it wasn't on you. So you could just sit in it and it'd be fine. Thanks. It wasn't technically on you. You were sitting in it. Right. So. Anyways, so... Yeah, that was the breakfast. and
1: Yeah, and then we went to presentations. Um, they were good. There, there was a couple, I was a little bit bummed. There was a couple that for, for several different reasons, the presenters couldn't be there. And so they had to have other people step in or they used like um, previously recorded ones in place of those ones. And that was kind of a bummer, mainly because some of those ones were the ones that I was really excited to hear. But obviously, if they're gone, they're gone. Like, you can't do much about that. So there was that. But um, it was really good to listen to the presenters and then talk to the families that we were sitting next to that was really cool because we were able to share different thoughts about what they were saying. And I don't know, just the insight having, having other people's insight where their children are a little bit different than Zoe, but they have the same condition and hearing what they had to say about it. Mm -hmm. It was cool.
0: Yeah. So that was Thursday for the event. And so all day, it was a lot of presentations. Yep. They had an exhibit hall that was just outside of the ballroom where these presentations were being done. Yes. And they had a myriad of groups there that were explaining resources that were available. And they were talking about some services and equipment and stuff like that. So if you wanted to step out and go and talk with them for that, you could. Friday was essentially the same thing throughout the day, right?
1: Yes. Yep. Friday was basically the same as Thursday. I think the only difference was uh the after party. So Thursday they did something they called retworking. Thursday evening where they had families come and then they grouped us into ages of our individual so that you could chat with those people and get to know them better and kind of share um, your stories. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, the day was the same with presentations and whatnot and the exhibits. And then in the evening, they did a purple party. That was Friday,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, they did a purple party on Friday, and that was a lot of fun. They started it with – no, wait. No, that was Thursday. They, <laughs> I'm getting all my days mixed up now. Okay, so Thursday they did the retworking, but they also did – Chris Ulmer doing a bedtime story for all of the the ret individuals that were there. He read them a bedtime story. Zoe really liked it until she fell asleep. She fell asleep on him. So,
0: But well, I think that means she did like it.
1: It worked.
0: I don't think that, that <laughs> her falling asleep meant that she didn't like it anymore. I think that meant it did the trick. It did the trick. She did she, like
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It was really fun though, because she was, she had her talker with her and she was commenting the whole time, turn the page. I like this part. Turn the page, read more. (laughs) And then right before she fell asleep, favorite.
0: (laughs) And then she was gone.
1: (laughs) Like you could see her. And it was almost like, it was almost like her, her little voice. You could just hear it wavering, even though it was her Toby talking. Yeah. But her eyes, if you added her body with, with the words, it Uh. would have been like favorite. (laughs) Like that's how it's, if it was coming out of her mouth, that that is exactly how it would have sounded. It was hilarious. Anyways, that was Thursday. Friday was the purple party. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. We got to everybody dressed up in purple or purple accessories or whatnot. I think we have, we have a picture of what we wore. We will share that.
0: Yeah, we'll find we'll find a picture to share. Because
1: with that you must see Sam's suit.
0: It was a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that was Friday. And so that kind of concluded that day. And then Saturday was only a half day deal. And so Saturday morning they I mean they called it the communication fair. Yes. Is what it was? Yes. So they had three different companies there that were presenting different communication technologies, devices, yeah. stuff like that. And so uh, folks attending the conference were able to go and talk with representatives from these three organizations, find out more about what they had to offer. It just so happened to work out that I parked zoe in her stroller adjacent to the toby booth and it was really neat because we had a several people who came by not to talk with us but they went to talk with toby reps and they were asking the toby reps various questions that they were able to use zoe as a quote-unquote case study of how to make it work one of the questions i kept hearing over and over again was my child is ambulatory, um, so they can't use a Toby uh, unless it's able to move around with them. And I, I think it's a very logical I thought mean, process. We
1: we asked the same question when Zoe was starting.
0: Mm-hmm. But th- they showed... So before we went on the trip, Sarah was able to get a stand for Zoe's Toby that we could attach to her stroller. And so we had that attached and throughout the conference, as we would move around and get Zoe out to do different things, we would turn the stand around. So that way she would be able to look at the Toby and use it to talk. And she'd be able to stand walking around and do whatever she wanted. And when she wanted to talk, she would come over to the stroller and she would use the Toby and then she would go about her business, whatever it was. And so Zoe was able to show that just because you're ambulatory doesn't mean that you can't also speak. Yes, it's going to be different than somebody who would be confined to a chair. But it shouldn't be viewed as, you know, negative. Yeah. It's how do we we make it work? And so that was really neat to be able to show that you can still use this technology. uh, Just figure out the way that works best for you and then i was also able to share how we use it in our home which i don't think we've ever shared on the podcast very simple we just set it up on a kitchen table yep very simple
1: right now Zoe's the perfect height
0: yep so it just sits there uh occasionally we'll move it very rarely Uh, it's almost always right there because it's in kind of a central location for the house right now and so and zoe at this point she knows that it will be there and she will go up to it and she'll talk to it or if we do move it she knows if she wants to talk she needs to move to wherever it is to be able to talk
1: she's really good at that
0: yep so if you have any questions about your child and your child is ambulatory yes your your kid can use it you you just need to you just need to think outside the box i think oftentimes when we're Looking at, I gaze. we think of individuals like Stephen Hawking. You know, he was kind of the poster child for the very beginning of it, rightfully so, being an incredibly intelligent person who was using cutting-edge, leading-edge technology, and he was confined to a wheelchair. Well, that worked for him in his case. So let's figure out how we make it work for other people in other cases, in other situations. So anyways, that was kind of cool. Also there at that communication fair were the Morrisons, and they were showing toy adapting.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, Lonnie adapted several toys while he was there, and then they did a giveaway of all the toys they adapted. So they had people Mm -hmm. enter a raffle, and then whoever's name got picked out of the raffle, they got their toy before... Leaving the conference. Yep. So that was really cool. Yep. Um, one of the big things about, that was different between the communication fair versus the rest of the conference was we were in smaller rooms. And so it was set well, up a little bit different.
0: So let's, let's explain that first. So we've talked about a small little exhibit hall that was happening with these companies, these organizations, these groups. Right. And then they also had presentations that were happening, right?
1: Yeah. But they weren't by the companies. They were, Mm -hmm. they were just different presentations that were set up and they were in smaller rooms instead of the big, um, ballroom that we were in the previous days.
0: Yep. So a more intimate setup allowed for, from what I was hearing, a a better opportunity to be able to communicate and uh, talk with one another, you know, communication fair kind of makes sense. So, That uh, seemed to be v- work out very well. And that was it. Yep. You know, that kind of ended the conference Racked and everybody headed their separate ways. We obviously had one more day there. And in fact, that evening, we were given the opportunity to go out to a small little town community called Franklin, which is just outside of Nashville, to visit our friends with the Jessica Lauren Foundation. And they were putting on a fundraiser that Saturday evening. And so we were able to go there and meet everyone as well as tell a little bit about our story. And they were able to do some fundraising that night. Yeah. And it was fun.
1: It was fun. We got to get all dressed up. And I, I don't remember the last time I got dressed up. So that was kind of fun.
0: The purple party.
1: Okay, but this was a little bit different, (laughs) dressed up.
0: I wore heels,
1: you guys. That's how you know it was different. I wore heels. I don't wear heels. What about
0: the Mardi Gras event? I didn't wear heels. That's not dressed up? It was, but I wore sneakers. Oh. Don't you remember that? Well, yeah, I know, but no, I that that dressed up. up, But
1: that's like costumey dressed up. I was like costumey dressed up. I had feathers in my hair. Yeah. I had... Gems stuck to my face. <laughs> like, that was costumey. This was like fanciful. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, I said that. Okay. Fanciful.
0: Sounds good. Anyways, so yeah, we went out there and had a great time meeting everybody and sharing a little bit about our story. We met uh, another amazing ret parent, Christy. Yes. It was so awesome to sit and chat with her and hear about her experiences. And we were able to share about ours. And it, it just was another prime example of how incredible the Rett syndrome community is yeah. for parents and caregivers because there was this immediate connection between us. And even though we literally live on opposite sides of the country and our children are in different stages of life. We felt an immediate bond and friendship and we enjoyed spending that time talking with one another. Yeah. Yeah. So we got home, uh, fairly, well not home. We got back to the hotel after the event fairly late. Yeah. And we had been thoughtful before heading out to (laughs) get things packed up just in case. And so most of things of the things were packed up and, Zoe was asleep. We yep. sent mom on her way, and we finished packing up some smaller Last other Wednesday. things. Yep, and laid down and went to sleep.
1: And didn't get up when we were supposed to.
0: <laughs> this was the first time, and I hope the only time in my life, I ever experience what... what What's their name?
1: Mm. Are you thinking Home Alone? Yeah. McAllister?
0: Thank you. (laughs) Yes. I knew the name. For some reason, I wanted to say McMurray.
1: I wanted to say McAllen to Uh, begin with.
0: Yeah. No, none of those are correct. So the McAllisters Mm -hmm. from Home Alone, this is the first time, and I hope the only time I ever experienced that. (laughs) So here's the deal we had an Uber scheduled for $340 a.m. Yeah. It was an early flight. It was a very early flight. So we have this Uber scheduled for 3.40 a.m. Sarah and I talk it over. We're like, okay, we have pretty much everything packed up. If we plan to take 15 to 25 minutes to get the remaining items packed up that we can't pack tonight, we will have plenty of time to get out front and catch the car and go. Mm -hmm. So we are going to get up at 3 o'clock. Yes. Well, in the absolute tired days that I was in, <laughs> the alarm goes off and I turned it off on my watch.
1: Okay. And I didn't even, it didn't even register to me that the alarm had gone off because Zoe's mask, Zoe was a CPAP at night and her mask had gone off three or four times. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, she was super restless. Yeah. Three or four times, I had gotten up, fixed her mask, gone back to bed. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't even register to me that it was his alarm.
0: Yeah. So I turn it off. I don't snooze it. I full-blown turn it off, say, I don't need it. And I hear from the depths of my dream, (laughs) Sam, what time are we supposed to get up at? and in my days i say three o'clock and sarah very nonchalant and calm (laughs) responds with it's 3 30 and i say okay and this is what i'm saying about feeling like the McAllisters, because it was like yeah okay whatever and then it clicked. Cena didn't
1: click for me until after it clicked for you. Boom. I was
0: <laughs> up. I was up so fast. Oh my gosh. I was up so fast. And I'm like, we're gonna miss this Uber. There is no way. And I'm I'm looking at the clock and I was like, let's just go, 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 go. And we got the room packed up in ten minutes.
1: This is a big deal. We had to deflate Zoe's bed. We got her dressed. We had to put all the CPAP stuff away.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It was it was impressive.
0: Yes, it was a lot of stuff. But we still missed the Uber. We did. We still missed the Uber because yes, it was it was 3:30. We got everything packed up in 10 minutes. The Uber was showing up at 3:40.
1: Yeah.
0: But that's getting everything packed up.
1: Did not give us enough time... To get out. To get from one side of this more than nine-acre property yeah. to the other.
0: So, we ended up having to cancel that, which sucked, but, you know, was what it was.
1: What are you going to do?
0: So, we get out of the room, and we rush out, and we get down to the lobby, and I'm requesting a, an another Uber, and... With all of the stuff that we had, we needed, we needed a, a larger vehicle. Yeah. Unfortunately, we needed a, a, an Uber XL uh, for six people usually, but because of all the luggage we had, it, we just needed that extra space. Yeah. So I request it, and we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait. Probably about four or five minutes, and I get a notification. It's been accepted. Awesome. The guy is three minutes away. Perfect. We wanted to get to the airport by four thirty at the latest. I think it was, yeah. and I'm like, "Okay, hey, this is great. He's running around the corner. It'll be good. It's not even. It's not even four o'clock yet. This will be great." Except this jokester sends me a <laughs> message. I'll be twelve minutes late. I'm sorry. What? You were literally around the corner here. You shouldn't have accepted the ride. What are you doing? Like I, I drove Uber for like six months, yeah, was it? And like I, I understand how the back end works. The guy literally accepted the ride while he was sitting at a restaurant, a coffee shop someplace just hanging out. And he's like, I, I got to finish this before I can go. But I'm going to accept your, your ride request yeah. right now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I cancel it. I request another one. I wait. And I wait. And I wait. And I finally get a notification saying it's been accepted. The guy's over at the airport right now. I was like, oh, great. He's been doing airport rides all day. This won't be that big of a deal. Except I'm watching on the map. Okay, from the Gaylord Hotel, we were north. And this guy missed the exit and continues going west. And I'm like, hmm. Well, maybe maybe there's something on, on the map here that I'm not seeing. Maybe he accepted it just, you know, a hair too late to catch that exit. So, all right, that's fine. Except he keeps going west and misses another exit. And I'm like, okay, this is not good. And what was originally a 13-minute wait is now up to 19 minutes. When he takes a turn south. Literally the opposite direction of where we are. <laughs> and so I did, I canceled that one as well. And I'm like, Sarah, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. I put in one more request. And luckily this one gets picked up. And the guy is nine minutes away. Yep. And by this point, it's 4.15, 4.20 in the morning.
1: We're it really close. Getting it really close.
0: <laughs> Luckily, the guy came through, came and picked us up, tossed everything in, headed out. Yep. We get to the airport, and it worked out perfectly that he pulled us up in front of uh, luggage valet, sky cap, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And I was like, yeah, we're just going to do this. We'll pay the extra money for it. I don't care. We just got to get this stuff on on the plane as soon as possible. So we, uh, we pull all the bags out, give it to the guy, pay him the tip. And wouldn't you know it, we realized that we forgot to grab one of the bags. Now, luckily, it was an empty bag.
1: Yeah, it was the bag for Zoe's stroller. Yeah.
0: So I looked around, the guy's long gone at that point, and I was like, well, this will be something that we have to deal with later. And we ran over to security, and I don't know what was going on that day. Yeah, it was weird. I've I've talked with a number of people about this, and nobody else has experienced this. And so I don't know what exactly they were doing.
1: It was almost like they were so busy that they were just letting people go through without unloading things or taking off your shoes. I don't think
0: that's what it was. So I I think it was because of the dog.
1: um, So
0: what Sarah's saying is totally true. We did not have to take out liquids. We did not have to take out electronics. We didn't have to take off our shoes. We didn't have to... Or we had to remove anything metal. Yeah. Because we walked through a metal detector. We didn't go through the body scanners. Okay? So just metal detectors. I felt like it was back in the 90s. It was weird. It was so weird. It was so weird. But... What had happened was as soon as we got through the first checkpoint with the TSA where they verify that you actually have a boarding pass, they're sending people through this queue and at this certain point, you're lined up side by side with another person and one of the agents is saying, you wait here. (laughs) And they have a dog that's running back and forth and sniffing you as you walk by and so they're sending you two by two and you're with somebody who you don't know just from the other line going through, getting sniffed by this dog who's also sniffing all your luggage and then you get to those other security things that normally they would be, be doing. Yeah. Now, they did send everything through the x-ray. Yeah. Here's here's the part that I don't understand. They were sending everybody through the metal detectors and yet for Zoe, they were like, hey, we need to swab you down still.
1: Well, she didn't go through the metal detector. I
0: know, I know. But that's the part that I don't understand. They they were sending everybody through the metal detector, not through the body scanner. And they still swabbed down (laughs) the five-year-old to check for... Explosives. Munitions and, yeah, explosives and all of that stuff. It was weird to me. It was weird to me that they still did that. Well, I mean, they can't use a metal,
1: metal, like they can't even use like a metal detecting wand on her because she's in a chair.
0: Oh, I know. But it's still weird. Like, okay. that's fair. <laughs> it's still weird because everything else that was going on was just, it was the absolute yeah. basic for security. But that ended up being our saving grace. Because as soon as we got through, our gate was right adjacent to security. Yeah. They called the first group for boarding. Yeah. It was so lucky, so lucky that all we had to do was just walk through the metal detector because we walked right over to the gate. Mm-hmm. And this was the kind of cool part. They they were expecting us. Yeah.
1: They had saved us. They had put like a reserved sign on a row for us and they had saved us seats on the flight.
0: Yeah. So we walk up, we apologize for being late. They were very kind and courteous about it. And they walk us down. We get Zoe unloaded. We leave him with the chair and we head out uh, onto the plane and they're like, yeah, we saved this row for you. And it's right at the very front. We're like, oh my gosh. Wow, this is really nice. We didn't yeah, do did this really on the cool. on the flight out. I mean, we didn't really expect it, but it was very much appreciated yeah. that they went out of their way to to make it make this accommodation for us. It was very very kind of them. So we sit down and we're just looking at each other, going, "Oh my gosh, how did we make this happen?" Because the flight was at 5:20, yeah. we got to the airport at 4:35. Somewhere around there, between four twenty-five and four thirty-five, so we were we were cutting it really close. Oh, so close, so <laughs> close, but we lucked out. And actually, we're we're sitting on the flight, and lo and behold, who comes by?
1: Doctor Benke.
0: Yeah, we weren't we weren't <laughs> expecting it. Uh, we cut in front of him and everybody else, but they were also kind, and he said hi to us and.
1: It was pretty funny because Zoe was really excited. Like she mm-hmm. was like making lots of noises and he came by and he was like, I thought I heard somebody.
0: <laughs> and we're like,
1: well, good. Because you, you and us, yeah. we're the only people that are going to appreciate the sounds yeah. she's making. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. <laughs> Luckily though. Yeah. Zoe, both on the flight out to Nashville and on the way back, she was, she was really good. She was great. She was I mean, all we had to do was just turn on one of her movies and, and give her headphones and
1: snacks and drink. And she She was was satisfied
0: and she, she did great on the flight. So we, we flew out from Nashville to Denver and I'll tell you what, it felt, that whole trip felt so much shorter than on the way out. Oh yeah. We didn't have that, that other leg that was added to it, but we still had to do a small little layover in Denver. For an even shorter flight, mm-hmm. 18 minutes from Denver to Colorado Springs this time, I called my father up afterwards and asked him what the shortest flight he had ever been on. And he was like, eh, I think 45 minutes. And I said, yep, got your beat. 18 minutes.
1: <laughs> By the time you like oh. get up in the air and they turn the seatbelts off, you have two minutes. Yeah. And then they turn the seatbelt sign back on and say, okay, we're descending now.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was that was really crazy. That was <laughs> so silly. But it was what it was and it it uh, got us to a, a an airport that was much more comfortable for us. We didn't have to deal with the masses yeah, at Denver, which Denver's fine. I'd rather be at Colorado Springs because it's yeah. it's much more uh convenient. It doesn't have all those people wandering around. So, but we haven't told you about what happened in Denver.
1: Yeah. Now, this
0: one is kind of a learning curve on us. Yeah. But also, it's kind of stupid that it's not already been addressed in, and maybe it has in our situation as such that they made an assumption about us. Okay. What am I getting at? We get off in Denver. Mm-hmm. We fly from Nashville to Denver. We get off. We're waiting in the jetway for Zoe's stroller. And we wait. Yep. And we wait.
1: And the, the panic starts to set in. Yeah, we're going we're through waiting. the
0: same crap all over again.
1: We weren't the only ones waiting, though. We weren't, but... That made me feel a little
0: bit better. No, it didn't make me feel better. So, <laughs> uh, a pilot comes out and asks if he can help us with anything. And we say, yeah, we're waiting on a wheelchair. He's like, uh, you haven't brought it up yet? No. And he goes down and he looks for it and he finds it and he brings it up. And we go, we get Zoe loaded, we leave the jetway, and we go and find a customer service rep. Cause I'm like, this is stupid. What is going on?
1: Cause up to this point, we've, we've, you know, when we check in at the gate, we tell them that we need to have the, the stroller, and they say, okay. And they put the tags on, and you should be good to go. But yeah. no.
0: No. So we go and find a customer service rep. And I explained to them how frustrated we are about the situation. It's a medical device that we need to be able to get Zoe around, plain and simple. And we show her the tag that's on there. And she said, well, the reason why is because it's tagged to be put on the jetway at your destination. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we've explained that this is a medical device. We've explained that she needs it. We need it to get her around. Like, what do we have to do to to not have this happening again? Anyways, long story short, in the future, when we travel with Zoe, we will be telling the individuals that we need to be able to pick it up at the following gate if we have multiple legs. Yep. And then we will get it another tag for it when we land at that airport. Yep. And we'll do that. So, anyways, super frustrating, but... We got it sorted out and the lady was very kind uh, about it and we were not at all rude. I was just very frank with her about how frustrated we were about the situation and how it was really silly that we had had to wait so long both times and obviously the first time it was somebody who screwed up in, in reading the tags Yeah. <laughs> that, that it was supposed to be claimed at the gate, not at baggage claim. But anyways, we got home and that was it. Yeah. That was all she wrote. It's a really good trip. Yep. It's a really good trip. So, uh, Sarah, thoughts on the conference itself? Because thus far we have not shared our thoughts on the conference. We have shared about our trip.
1: The conference itself. I enjoyed the conference. Mainly what I enjoyed, though, was meeting all of the families and being able to connect with people in real life. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, not that social media and whatnot isn't real life. It is. But it was nice to actually be able to, like, be in the same room with all these people.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hear their voices, see their Mm -hmm. faces, mannerisms, all of that stuff. Yeah, face-to-face was really great. Yeah. Really, really great. One of the things that we heard from many people is that, this conference was much more clinical and scientific than previous conferences. And nearly everyone that we spoke to that had attended one of these before, they referred to the Chicago Conference, which happened
1: 2017?
0: 2016. 2016. And which it it made me feel at least a little validated um i think sarah you said the same thing that hearing from other people that they felt that it was a little more clinical than yeah what it had the, been in the past was
1: the presentations that i saw felt very much like a science class yeah versus a presentation directed for directed at families Mm -hmm. because it was a lot of scientific jargon and that's great and there's a lot of people that are interested in that but for me personally i want to know what practical things what tangible things can i be doing to help xyz
0: Yep, yeah and it certainly didn't feel like a lot of the presentations were intended to be that yeah and the the other thing is, it wasn't just families that we heard this from. It was also professionals Yeah, that we were hearing this from, too. Long story short, at the end of it, Sarah and I were just curious what other people's thoughts were on the situation and get more details on it. And we put out a survey. Yep. Sarah put t- together this great little survey that kind of highlights everything, and we put it out and said, hey, we are just interested in hearing what your guys' thoughts are on the experience. And we'd love to hear about it." Now, we've already mentioned this once before. We are not at all connected with the International Red Syndrome Foundation. Yep. We don't have any affiliation with them. This survey was simply done just to create content. It was just to get some.
1: We were curious about yeah, other people.
0: That was it. And here's the thing it's not going to be very scientific either because 18 people responded.
1: To it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this
0: is a, an incredibly small pool of individuals. Regardless,
1: it was I interesting though. I think
0: it's interesting to look at. Yeah. Uh, the majority of people that responded or were or are caregivers, parents, right? Yep. And the lion's share, this was their first time ever attending a conference, which yes. was pretty neat. We certainly did not feel alone. One of the complaints that I had about the conference is that I felt it had been marketed more towards families and networking and connecting with others. And so I wanted to make sure when we got home from, from the conference that I was reading that correctly. And so we took a couple of snapshots from the summit website and we shared it with some people and we weren't the only ones in in a, in making that assumption that this was more for families uh, and um they uh we also asked about um what kind of the practicality of of some of the information presentations that they gave were so
1: Another one of the questions that we asked was, did you feel like there were sufficient presentations that focused on your RET individual's age group? And most, most of the people said yes. The people that disagreed more with that were the people that had older individuals, which I thought was interesting. But when you look at the, um, the schedule... There were only like two or three that were geared towards older individuals with Rett syndrome. So that did make sense to me. Yeah. Another thing that a lot of people said that they were hoping to gain from the conference was connections with other people, information about adults with Rett syndrome. Like we said earlier, there were a couple of people that mentioned that. They also wanted to know more about like daily living stuff as opposed to bigger ideas.
0: What what do you mean? Does that make sense? No.
1: So um, let's see. How do I phrase this? So they wanted they said that they wanted more Day to day little things that they could do, versus one, one big thing. So okay, yeah, that does makes that make sense. more sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in in improving the quality of everyday life, now yeah, versus something coming in the future. So a big thing that we found that was really interesting was almost half of the people said that the information given was not easily understandable by people of all backgrounds. And that was initially why we wanted to do the survey, was to see if that was something that a lot of people thought or that was just we a randomly were talking people. to those people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously there there's um, around 50% that, Felt that it was satisfactory and that it was fine, and that that's great. But to have it split so evenly, uh, to me, that says that there are a lot of individuals who attended this that came away feeling probably overwhelmed. Yeah, because I'm I'm not a scientific person. I don't understand a lot about science and usually i just trust other people who are more well versed in science to tell me the way yeah. things are if it's good or bad and then i leave it at that but what seemed to happen at this conference is it went pretty deep into the science in a lot of different presentations and i don't know that that was necessarily helpful for families if this is if this was geared towards families Having that much science doesn't help. Going back to what you were saying, Sarah, wanting that more practical day-to-day stuff that you can do Mm -hmm. doesn't come out of the science, right? We don't need an explanation of the details of the science. We simply need a synopsis. We need the abstract that says, we wanted to solve this issue, and so we went through a process, and here's our solution. So let's see how we can implement that in your
1: exactly. life. And so. that's, I mean, personally, I feel like that's why I have scientists on Zoe's care team. Yeah. They're the ones that do the science, and then I get them on my team or Zoe's team, and I say, okay, how do I use that to to benefit Zoe is basically, you know, Mm-hmm. Where more I would have liked to see more of that,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and what you said too about people being tired because there was a lot of science and it was just washing over people, there were actually several people that said it was really overwhelming, yeah, and it was a little bit much, and they were exhausted emotionally and mentally, yeah, by everything yeah happening, so yeah, there was that too. There were, um, there was, I, I found the, we asked some questions about the exhibitors. Yeah. And we asked how satisfied people were with the number of exhibitors and then the variety. And there were a lot of people that said they would have liked to see more variety. There were a lot of people that, that wanted more equipment, more things that they could shop for. So like, Bibs, arm braces, um, switch toys, adapted clothes, other products like that, that families use regularly Yeah, that they may not always have like great access to. And then, you know, other equipment, strollers, wheelchairs, home modifications, stuff like that, that you could, you know, dive deeper into and actually yeah. talk to somebody person to person.
0: Yeah. Home modifications I hadn't thought of. That would be a really great one to have. Yeah. It's certainly not a whole lot. Uh, we talked, we'd asked people questions about the evening events and generally it was well received. The evening events went uh, or people perceive them as, as really good and positive and they enjoyed them. Uh, you obviously always are going to have some outliers who either they didn't attend or they didn't care for them and that's, that's fine. But it generally generally seemed to be, they seem to be received fairly well.
1: They did. And I thought they were a lot of fun mm-hmm. and I had a great time at them too. There were a couple of people. So this person said they were way too late. Anyone not staying at the conference site would need to leave early so they could get to the hotel at a decent hour to put their children to bed, mm-hmm. which I totally see. Yeah. Because they did go late. Yeah. And Zoe didn't, besides the the one where Chris Ulmer read a book, Zoe didn't really attend the evening stuff.
0: No. No, it it, it, it was just too late for her, and so it didn't really make sense. Yeah. And let's be honest, uh, staying at the Gaylord for many people is would have been or was cost prohibitive. Yeah. And I think that's something that certainly needs to be taken into account. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is. I I have No. no idea what that is, but the fact that the property was so massive that made it near impossible to access fairly quickly getting into the building and the conference center It's a whole ordeal. You're looking at about a half hour to just get to the conference after you park. Yeah. Like that, that, yeah, that that was a little much. And uh, so I certainly understand where people were coming from with that.
1: Yeah. Overall, though, the people who responded to our survey, their favorite part of the conference, almost every single person put meeting... RET families, providers, making new friends. Yeah. That was definitely a highlight. Connecting with people was absolutely the highlight of the conference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's one thing that IRSF needs to look at going forward. Because like I mentioned, a lot of people referred back to the conference in Chicago. And they talked about how they felt at, at that conference, it was more geared towards families and opportunities to do do things more practical things stuff like that so uh, i know that they sent out a survey shortly after we sent out ours yeah and uh, i'll be completely honest it followed the one that you put together sarah pretty darn close (laughs) i'm not saying that they copied i'm saying i'm very impressed with the survey you put together with... Why, thank you. No professional trainer. <laughs> that was good. Well, good. And I got some great information you yeah. know, uh, for us to be able to share. So anyways, I, I hope that people who are responding to the official survey are, are able to share this. What seems like a general consensus that there's a desire for more practical stuff and let's leave the real nitty-gritty science to the the webinars online yeah. or invitation only stuff because i I'd, I'd rather be able to digest that on my own time exactly as opposed to flying across the country spending thousands of dollars for accommodations and travel to then have something that i just can't understand yeah thrown at me for hours on end
1: and the the hard part too is you you get all of the information and it you don't even remember any of it by the time you go to the next yeah presentation
0: yeah yeah absolutely so anyways a, a lot of positive feedback was certainly given about the communication fair and having those smaller group sessions yes. I think that's something that needs to be considered more I think having more people who are just volunteers in the community, charismatic individuals who are excited to share about their experiences and what they've had success with or things that they're wanting to talk about with other people. Those types of opportunities, I think, is what really needs to be looked at more as opposed to these professional presentations. They're just not what people are looking for when they're attending this conference. Mm-hmm. So anyways, some thoughts. Hopefully they can find a, a good middle ground solution that will make more people satisfied to be able to attend the event in the future. I'm, I'm certainly not going to say the event was bad. No, not no, we had
1: a great time.
0: But I also think that not being honest about our feelings of what we experienced is, is a disservice to, yeah. to the conference. We, we had high hopes to be able to walk away with not only great connections with friends and, and, and neighbors in this community, but, also, some practical things that we can do. And to be honest, we didn't get any of the practical stuff out of it. Um, there may be one or two things that we got. And most likely we could have gotten that stuff out of just continuing to have conversations with, with the professionals that Zoe's working with. Yeah. But what we weren't, it, we would not have ever been able to do is make that that grow our network. Yeah. That's something that it's hard to do virtually. It's hard to do over text and yes. it's hard to do over video conferences. And so I, I, I look forward to what they do in the coming years. Yeah. Obviously they haven't announced when the next one is going to be. We have no idea where it's going to be at. Uh, but I'm, I hope that if anybody with the organization is listening to this, they'll take it to heart and see what, Yep. can be done better going forward and uh, I
1: keep the good parts
0: yeah yeah and I'm confident since they ser- sent out a survey that they are genuinely interested yeah in what people's people's feelings uh, about the the event was and they'll want to make improvements yeah. on it. Well, we hope you enjoyed our little travel log. Obviously, like I said, this is a little bit different than what we normally do, but you know, why not shake it up a bit? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) we will leave links to all the different stuff that we mentioned down in the show notes of this episode. So if you have any more questions, if you want to read more about different stuff, head down there and you'll be able to get more information. Well, we are coming to the close of the show. So it is now time for Can't Leave It. Sarah, what can you not leave?
1: So I cannot leave friends visiting. Last week, my sister Wendy and our best friend, who we've quite literally known since I was one and a half. That's when we became friends, was when I was one and a half.
0: Is there a story behind that?
1: Um, Not that I remember. Oh, okay. I just know that we moved into this town and we met when I was one and a half. Gotcha. And we've been friends ever since. So my longest best friend, they came to visit and it was fantastic. They were here for a week. We did all of the stuff that I normally do, but I had my two best <laughs> friends with me, so it was... <laughs> It 10 was, times better.
0: <laughs> it was regular life. It was
1: regular life, but it felt like adults. a vacation. <laughs> it was weird. It felt like a vacation, even though I was doing everything that I would have done regardless. We did go to the zoo. That was a lot of fun.
0: I mean, you do that regardless.
1: Well, but it was a different zoo and we got oh, to feed giraffes. Did I not tell you this? Yeah.
0: No, you told me. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Just the way you were looking at Purple me. Purple tongues. Yeah. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. We got to feed the giraffes. Anyway, we had a ton of fun, and it was great to just have adults to talk to during the, the day.
0: <laughs> As opposed to mumbling children.
1: Uh-huh. Yep, pretty much. That's good.
0: Yeah, That's it was good. a
1: lot of fun. See so how much you can't leave it?
0: Also, people visiting. Ooh. Uh, I decided to take the boys camping. <laughs> and my father flew out for this camping trip and things did not go according to plan nope like like not at all like not bad per se but not at all great <laughs> let me let me preface this by saying that for some reason my dad and i always end up getting into situations when we do outdoorsy stuff like there tends to be this recurring theme where we go do outdoorsy stuff and we'll make one decision and it just screws everything up and so this is one of those this is one of those situations essentially um for work there were people coming to camp on a property that I helped manage and we needed a host there. And so I was like, Oh, Hey, I can go host for this group that's coming in and I'll invite dad to come out and we'll go camping with the boys. It'll be great. And Sarah can hang out with Zoe at home and it'll, it'll be all good. Well, as we got closer and closer to the event, I started noticing that the weather wasn't looking that great, but I was making assumptions about the region that I I shouldn't have made. I shouldn't have made these assumptions. Long story short, we ended up camping where one day it was chilly, mid-40s. Yeah. But nothing, no snow on the ground. The next day, uh, we had a foot and a half Yep. Of snow. <laughs> and the area is not accessible uh, by a vehicle without four wheel drive and chains. Yeah. And so we woke up the following morning to find that snow and we had driven our front wheel drive minivan. Woohoo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting. Three inches? Maybe five inches? I wasn't expecting a foot and a half. It was bad. Well the group that was there with us, they were kind enough to to help us find a way to get out. It was it was a whole ordeal. We it all started at around 7 a.m. whatnot. Unfortunately, the boys decided to wake up at 5 a.m. And they woke up at 5 a.m., and I told them, you need to stay in your sleeping bags. You need to stay warm. And they got up, and they were like, no, we're fine. And I mean, they didn't say that because they don't (laughs) talk like that. But they got up, and they played around for an hour and a half, two hours. And then all of a sudden, Peter realizes, wait, my hands are freezing cold. (laughs) And he starts screaming and crying. Oh, my gosh. I was like, dude, I told you. Yeah, I mean, he's two years old, but still, I told you. (laughs) I told you. So we got him warmed up in the car. And anyways, we had to be pulled out. And I'll tell you what, this is the first time in my life where third time's a charm actually worked. Guy comes back with chains on his four-wheel drive vehicle. And we've got a tow strap, and he's going to get us out. And I'm like, hey, we're ready to go. Let's start pulling. And he starts pulling, and it wasn't working. And we rolled back, and we talked it over. We're like, okay, we're gonna try this. And he starts pulling, and I s- start sliding over off the road. We stop, and I roll back, and we tuck it over. And he's like, look, I, I can, I can just drive you home, and you can come back and pick up the vehicle later. And I was not going to leave the vehicle. I don't know why. But I was not going to leave the vehicle. <laughs> I It had to come. And so we talked it over, and I was like, let's do it. And I get in the car, and I'm like, Dad, a tra- time's a charm. And he's like, it better work. And we start going. And we get past the first stop uh, that we had had. And then we get past the second stop that we had. And we keep going. And we keep going. <laughs> and we keep going. And all of a sudden, we're pulled out. And it, oh, it was great. It felt really, really good. So, anyways, long story short, uh, don't go camping with me and my dad. Yep. Because we always end up getting in bad situations. We should not be allowed (laughs) to camp together is the moral of the story. And with that, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so that you are notified when we publish episodes, which is every other Monday morning. And please leave us a rating on iTunes. Leave us a message or a question on the Anchor app and you could become part of the show.
1: Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pretty Happy Pod, where we share episode clips, news and updates, and photos of our adorable daughter.
0: If you would like to be interviewed on the show, reach out to us on any of our social media accounts. Or you can send us an email at prettyhappypod at gmail.com. For more information about Rett Syndrome, visit our website.